I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. October 19th, 2020. Seafood bisque. The best underwear ever. The power of the word, maybe. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. Would you? Hi. Good day. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Here we are. It's true. Last time I checked, I'm not anywhere else. Okay. Can't believe it. It is October 19th. We're going freestyle right the now. The one-niner. No notes. We have no notes. Just whatever I've got. You and I both have trapped in the old noggin. In the old noggins. Everyone should be alarmed. Yes. Everyone should brace themselves to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. No, no. This is going to be... We were talking earlier, and I have a feeling that the bulk of this is going to be driven by ideas of Meg, which would make this a Megasode. Ooh, I like it. Megasode. Yes. Can I tell you that back in my collegiate days when I was a Chi Omega, mm -hmm. I always felt privately to myself a special connection to being a Chi Omega. Oh, because yes. Megan. I thought you were going to go a completely different path and say that a megasode was when somebody freaked out. <laughs> well, that too. And that you had claimed ownership to freaking out. When you freak out and break a lot of rules, you get to have what's called a personnel meeting mm -hmm. with the personnel chairman and the personnel advisor. It's not as exciting as it sounds. Not sexy. It's not sexy. And sometimes you have to turn in your pen and leave Kai Omega. Wow. How often? I can only remember that happening once when I was at okay. an undergrad. So once in four years? Mm -hmm. I have a feeling there's universities where perhaps sure. the numbers are greater. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, that's a great note to start a Monday yes. on, right? It's always good to freak out and get kicked out of whatever thing matters. <laughs> I would pause it, but for the girls who got themselves kicked out, I don't think that Chi Omega mattered that much to them. Yes. Well, well <clears throat> not before, but maybe after. Maybe, maybe so. you don't know what you got until it's gone. That is highly possible. Yes. All right. So you've got something for us. Well, the normal realization of what is today, in fact, and today is National Seafood Bisque Day. Really? Yes. And I thought it might be worthwhile to talk about okay. what is a bisque and how to make a good bisque. I am laughing inwardly because there is a comedy group that the girls like and my sister enjoys them too. Of course, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but one of their most famous skits has to do with a lobster bisque. Okay. I did not know. I had no idea, in fact, that there was a National Seafood Bisque Day. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
So bisque is French mm -hmm. in origination, and it does mean twice cooked. Oh, okay. And this is this is the intimidation potentially to people. Maybe I'm the only one here. I don't know. I can only speak to what I know. Okay. And seafood can be very intimidating. Oh, okay. Because you only it only takes so much cooking, and if you go past that point, it is no bueno. That's right. Or no, what's the French word? Mm, I don't know. No la good. La good. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, but yeah. No la enjoyable. Yes, thank you. You can transition quickly <laughs> from goodness to oh yeah, uh -huh. not good. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, no bon, no no bon, bon? no bon, no bon. Bon is good. Okay, okay, good. Yes. Anti bon. Yes. The not good. Yeah. So, I'm I'm not. A classically trained French cook. I know that'll disappoint some of you. It will surprise some people. I mean, you're not classically trained, that's for sure. But that does not stop you from attempting true a, a true, French and it shouldn't stop anyone. Create a dish, right? Yeah. My and my exposure to French is through ultimately the Cajun cuisine, and I think one of the things that I deeply appreciate about the Cajun approach, and maybe it's more French than I realize, but definitively what I know is the Cajun side, and they can approach a meal in a fashion that looks almost lazy, almost not paying attention to all the details that you should, um, and for if someone's really anal retentive about cooking, then it's problematic, but it's a, it's a very chill, very relaxed yeah. approach to it, saying, no, look, I can live within these loose guidelines and create wonderful things and I don't have to make cooking an unenjoyable experience. It's very fascinating because obviously the Cajun culture is deeply, heavily influenced by the mother tongue of French, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas we might associate French cooking with being very precise, very in tune to detail. It's like once they traversed the Atlantic and made their way all the way down to right. Louisiana, they were too tired for the, uh, they're too worn out, too exhausted to be precise, but they still wanted that delicious flavor. Right. And Which, so, if we're honest, is butter. Yes, a lot of butter. A lot of thyme. Don't, don't, I mean, not, yeah, the, yeah. not even the herb of thyme, but just like Possibly make yeah. a little thyme. We're, uh, a little thing. Where Cajun is interesting. So you've got this, this rich mixture of French influence but then you've also got a a smattering of caribbean and african mm, yes. influence absolutely yes which is what would bring in okra and filet powder and mm -hmm. and some of these other things both of which uh as a helpful aside both of which are used as a thickening agent yes. whether it's the sliminess that originates from a boiled okra or the filet right. powder yes um in fact now, I'm not going to be able to remember the exact thing I was going to say to say it accurately. So okay. I'm not going to say it. But well, I'll say this. Filet gumbo, okay. I think ultimately, filet gumbo represents the absence of okra. Yeah. Uh, and instead uses filet, which is ground up some kind of plant right. powder that's a thickening agent. Mm -hmm. That's all not nearly as important as I felt like it was to say it. I love to talk about this anytime you want to. Okay. Why were we talking about Cajun food? Well, because... Gum, uh, um, oh, see, bisque, bisque, bisque. Yes. yeah, and and so I take a very Cajun perspective when I break down a recipe, especially as it involves something French, to look and say, okay, well, what is it? What is it that they're doing? How is it that they've made this potentially stressful process enjoyable? Right, and and created something delightful to eat. Mm -hmm. And so to make a seafood bisque, okay. It's, it should be, and this is a very, very Cajun approach as well. It should be from the catch of the day. Okay. And so if you live in an area that has a true, because you're coastal, a true fresh fish market, whatever, it's whatever the fishermen happen to catch that day. Yes. And you buy it and, and it's, you aren't buying the thing you went purposefully to find. You aren't getting the choicest cut of whatever you're no, it's, it's a real, it's a family meal. So you're buying something that's not terribly expensive and you're building your recipe around it. And it bored the dogs so badly that we're already snoring in here. Keep snoring. So it doesn't matter if you want to include 
different cuts of fish. If you want mussels, clams, oyster. shrimp, crawfish, oyster, it doesn't matter. I don't think oyster goes in there. All of those, yes, it can. <laughs> yes, it can. Okay. And for that matter, for those of us not in an area where freshness is available, and maybe you do or don't even have the frozen version available, the canned versions are perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. In fact, they're actually a pretty good choice because the juices that they are canned in are flavor mm. dense. Yes. And so what you want to do, because it is, again, twice cooked, mm -hmm. is you first want to quickly skillet fry, sear, whatever, all of your seafoods, whatever okay. they may be. And okay. you do that in butter and you absolutely save all of the butter, all of the juices, all of that stuff. If it is a shelled thing, like a shrimp mm -hmm. or a crawfish, you're originally cooking them in the shell and you, you, in a perfect world, you would cook, you would also keep the shell. You'd eventually shell it and get yes. the meat separate yes. and strained and all of that. But right. you want to keep all of the juice and even all of the heavy particulate like shells. Mm -hmm. And you want to dump that into a larger pot. So now you've got all of the juices from all of the meats that you've cooked. Your meats are resting over to the side. You've got all of the butter that they were cooked in. Yes. You can add absolutely and probably even should some additional fats in some way. Now, the traditional means of creation in a bisque is to include a lot of cream. Cream. And you definitely want to do that. But you may, even in addition to that, want to either do more butter mm -hmm. or maybe part of what you cook your seafood in is what began as bacon. Okay. That you were cooking and rendering down. And you keep the bacon chunks and you want that in here as well. So you've got all these things going. Seafood, for, for the bulk and most part, does not have the quantity of fat in it that we need. We yeah. do have essential fats that we require to yeah. exist. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're helping all. Don't feel guilty about the fat. You're helping this food have the fat that it needs. I love it. So you add all those juices, all those fats, maybe bacon. You might even include tallow. Just really any good fat. Don't use vegetable. That's... Not good stuff. Mm -hmm. Not vegetable fats. If you want to include vegetables, then my recommendation would be limit it. Maybe you want some very lightly cooked celery for texture. Yes. Cut up either into, you know, just chopped rib or maybe even coarsely diced ribs of celery. Yeah. Um, maybe one pepper, bell pepper, mm -hmm. something like that for a little flavor, a little color, a little texture. Mm -hmm. But then you get all those juices, you pour in the cream. Now, traditionally, it would call for thickening all of that with flour, mm -hmm. which works perfectly fine, tastes good, all of that. If you are trying to not consume flour, either by choice or by medical necessity, then I cannot heavily enough recommend substituting with bone meal. Mm. And you will have more than your daily required calcium provided through that means as well. And it's delicious. Well, and we've discovered that you can find good size canister of bone meal, the edible kind on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are other places you do want to look for the edible kind because oftentimes bone meal is used in gardening. Yes. And other outdoor applications, not necessarily approved yes. for human consumption. Don't eat fertilizer. No, right, exactly. But you can find edible, human consumption approved on Amazon as you well. Should, you should introduce this into your kitchen and play with it. It's yeah. fascinating. It is delicious. And like I said, the, yeah, the calcium is amazing. And it's bioavailable calcium, yes. which means your body can use it. You're not going to lose anything in conversion. It's fantastic. Absolutely. So you do all that. You get this really rich, creamy, thick broth. In the meantime... Go ahead and do one more light simmering of all those meats that you cooked okay. in. You could do it in white wine. Don't use cooking wine. Use real white wine. Your flavor is going to be better. Oh, yeah. You could do it in cognac. Mm. Technically, you could do it in any alcohol. And so think about flavor-rich things because every... Every alcohol with color is aged yes. in a barrel. That's how it gets its color from the tannins and the wood barrel. And yeah, 
Could so you cook it in a rum? Yes, you could cook okay, it in a rum, rum, a spiced rum. You could you could go white too, rum okay. or vodka. Um, you're wow. going to be introducing flavor and things. The alcohol cooks out. It's not like you're going to get drunk eating soup, so don't get too excited. Uh, but yeah, so you do that. You do this last little simmering of your of your meats in some type of alcohol. The the denser the flavor of the alcohol, the more richly flavored. The, the, the more impressive impact it's going to have on the overall thing. You've got this thickening broth over here when everything's done. You dump the two together, and you don't want to cook and simmer because, again, seafood's sensitive. Yes. It'll overcook. It'll get yes. rubbery. It'll get yucky. You don't so want to overcook it. You want to get that dumped in and, and pretty fast get the heat off, stir it all in together, and, and serve pretty quickly. And it doesn't take a ton of time to make this so long as you kind of comprehend Every piece of this, though I'm going to break it out at the beginning, I am going to combine it all back together by the time it's done. And I'm eating all of it, this twice-cooked thing. Uh, if you like etouffee, etouffee is a similar concept, which means effectively cooked in its own juices. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a shrimp etouffee, you've also got a shrimp stock. You're yeah, marrying everything together. Now, if you need... Stock. If you need more liquidy, if it got too thick or whatever, uh, because of the cream, because of the bone meal or flour or whatever you used, seafood stock's wonderful for this. But if you don't have access to that, chicken stock works fine. Um, whether it's homemade, store-bought, organic, not organic, whatever it works, it's good. So that's a really easy thing to do to celebrate National Seafood Bisque Day today. And I highly recommend everyone just give it a shot. If you're nervous about it, cook a main meal, have this as a, a, a first course and have a small feast for your family and yeah. C'est si bon. It is so good. Okay. Whatever you said, I agree. And in France, as a matter of course, for a, a regular everyday evening meal with the family, you start with a soup course. So That's there right. you go. Now we have, if it's okay, I'll transition through this. We are... <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a thing going on in the kitchen. It's gross. I hear it. I hope it doesn't come across on the camera. Um, mm. We are in what day two technically as we talk, and day three is you guys listen to it of consecutive feasts. Yes. Are we feasting on Monday? Well, we're gonna do the bisque. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We might even. We might even get silly and try some things like canned sardines and just whatever. I like a sardine. Whatever things that we've got around to give it a swing. Oh, I ate all the sardines. Well, we'll, we'll get some more. <laughs> we'll, we'll make a special trip to the store tomorrow and we'll get, because we can't really here in the middle of landlocked Oklahoma uh -huh. rely on good quality seafood. That's right. We'll get some canned things, maybe some frozen things, and we will have a, a hearty, delightful, cool fall weather bisque meal. That sounds divine. But to, but to travel this whole feast journey. So Saturday night. And the moon is out. And the did moon I is head out. Head on over to we the Twist and Shout? did, in fact, head on over to the Twist and Shout. Okay, go ahead. We grabbed a two-step partner and had a Cajun beat. All the things. Yep. All the things. I'm going to list me up on a fine map beat. Yeah. Um, when you grow up in Oklahoma, your mind thinks in country music lyrics. You can't stop it. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I feel sorry for those who don't. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, last night, in, in fact, yesterday, starting at, what, 7.30 in the morning, mm -hmm. I began preparing a brisket. Smoked, cooked all day long. Um, and it was a mini course. Mini, not mini like small, but mini like several course. Many. Many courses. Yes. Of things. Uh, we had a guest over who's somebody that I'm doing some business with as well, but he's a, he's a, a very old friend. A friend and colleague, yes, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So we started with um, drinker's choice of scotch or bourbon. Yeah, he brought my favorite whiskey, yes. Four Roses. Yes. We haven't had that in a hot minute. Mm -hmm. He set that out on the counter, and Kai was like, Meg, get Meg, in here. Don't leave me, Meg. <laughs> I'll buy you more if you want it. It's not even that expensive. We just no. rarely pick it up. And I was just absolutely delighted. Yes. Okay. So we began with that and good conversation and, and all those things. We had this brisket that had been cooking 
I honestly, I probably cooked it just a hair too long yeah, it was, because it was falling apart to the point of looking like chopped beef. It was, it chopped itself yeah. down into chopped beef. It could, it did not hold its form. No, it was so tender. It was almost meat jello. Uh-huh. In the best possible but, way. Yes. Delicious. We yes. had a couple of different store-bought sauces. I had thought about making a sauce and I now almost wish that I had, but you only have so much time. Yeah. Right. So we'd gotten a couple couple different sauces that was good and fine. And then we went with, at least for Oklahoma and Texas, what is kind of a, a full barbecue approach. Yes. Where you have that and then you have pickled peppers, pickled, uh, and what kind of, pe pe what kind of peppers are those? Pepperoncini, pepperoncini, yes, yes. peppers, yes. Um, pickled okra and... Bread and butter pickles. Bread and butter pickles, and then toasted bread. Now, Kyle toasted this. Skillet toasted it in butter, which was delicious. But listen, it is not unusual or unacceptable to pull up to a barbecue spread, and there's just bags. Just plain bread. Literally, still in the bags, bags of white sandwich bread. Yes. And it's like, do what you will with this. But here's here's the true taking it up a notch. And this is how this is how we skillet toast bread. I think it's the best way, or we wouldn't do it this way. But there's no judgment if you don't agree, or you have a better way, and maybe you'll share that. Mm -hmm. um, I like to melt a stick of butter in a small skillet, and then once it is liquid and cooled off a little, because I don't enjoy scalded fingers, I quickly dip one side of the bread of this entire loaf of bread in that, then go to a hot skillet and put it in there. So instead of trying to spread butter on there or scorch butter in a larger skillet while I'm trying to toast the bread, to do this is a nice intermediary step. Then you do a light toasting on it and you have this gigantic tower of golden toasted deliciousness. Which to be clear, what he's saying is in the hot skillet, the second skillet, that's totally dry. Right. You just lay it butter side down in the skillet. Yes. You get a good toasting on it. And Thank you. And then you pull it out. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Precisely. All of the words mm -hmm. that agree. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we did that. That was an incredible banquet, and we had a Syrah. Don't forget the butter uh, skillet green beans. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Meg does a, an incredible butter green bean in the skillet. Um, I unfortunately we couldn't find long. All we could find were cut. Mm -hmm. It was our choice between cut and French, and I hate French yeah, beans. Yeah, I do too. They just don't. I don't like them. They're yeah. It's like baby food to me, and yeah. I'm not a baby, though I like to act like one sometimes. <laughs> so that, but what's really the ideal from a country boy perspective is if you can find actual fresh yeah. green beans that you got to snap the ends off of right, and right, all right. of that. Yes. Mm. So, <laughs> so good. But yeah, so we had those. We had the Syrah, mm -hmm. which was delicious with our dinner. Now, what I forgot to do. I bought the ingredients for it. What I forgot to do is along with all of those things, what you want is just a completely raw sliced onion. Yes, I forgot to. We left those out. Yeah. Oh, well. So that was the main course then, all of those things. And then for dessert, again, overall preference would be to make this myself. Just time was a thing because we had a lot of other things going on Saturday. Um, so we bought a caramel swirl cheesecake that was delightful through a little whipped cream on top for the kiddos and that was dessert along with fresh ground mocha pot coffee yes. that brought a nice smooth acidity into the sweetness we have this nearly every evening we've talked about it many times one of our favorite roasters is in arkansas onyx coffee so we had ground some onyx and prepped it in our mocha pot as is our usual custom and our dinner guest just went on and on yeah. that this was the best coffee he'd ever had yes like what you compare pour overs he even said we were talking about coffee in italy he's even said that our little humble offering from yes. our mocha pot was better than the coffee he'd had in italy and I was like, oh my gosh, right. thank you. We take it for granted. It's just we like do. everyday coffee for us. But I thought that was really notable that he yes. was very impressed by the coffee situation. We we finished off all of that wonderfulness with a little bit more scotch or bourbon drinker's choice. And I'm honestly, I'm a little disappointed because I've been sick. And I'm still on the, still climbing out of that. I'm a little bit challenged on the respiratory side. 
I only participated secondhand in his enjoyment of a wonderful cigar along with that at the end of the meal. Um, were I well outside, <laughs> yes. Were I well, I would have participated fully as it was. I just knew I didn't, I didn't have the lung capacity to do it. I not that I inhale cigars. That's not how you do those. I know. I just think that was the wise thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, especially because we had mass early this morning and just needed to be up and at them. But yes. uh, I'm glad you guys got to do that. You smoke a cigar like once a year. Once or twice max, yeah. And you didn't get to do it this time. but maybe Secondhand, time. like I said, I'm... I enjoyed every time the wind shifted and blew his yes. exhale my direction. Yeah. So that was feast number one. Now, because we were fresh off of that, what normally would be a heavier meal on Sunday, we went very light. And we had, it was kind of interesting because we'd planned on, hey, let's do some meats and cheeses and things. And then oddly, as we were leaving mass this morning and headed towards the grocery store to fulfill the needs... Um, our middle daughter had begun saying what? What the charcuterie. Yes, what the charcuterie. She didn't know what the word means. She really did it. She just was playing around with words yes. and being silly. But it applied to what our plan was yes. for the meal. Yeah. And so what we ended up doing there, and you'll have to help me so I don't forget. We, yeah. we liked those bread and butter pickles Yes. so much that we got another jar of those. Mm-hmm. We had... Still from the night before, some pickled okra, which I love, and I could eat that with ice cream. Um, Are yeah, you pregnant? I think so. Okay. I think so. That explains why my hips have gotten wider. <laughs> that, um, I found some frozen mussels, pre-cooked frozen mussels, and we did kind of a, thawed them and then did a, a flash cooking in a combination of bacon grease and butter. Bring a little bit more flavor to those. We had two different cheeses, a curd cheese, and then the other one, it wasn't a Gouda, but it was very similar, and it had a lot of, what, Italian? Italian herbs and chunkiness to it. It was delicious. We did olives with Sicilian Sicilian herbs. herbs. Uh What else? Uh, we also had leftover bacon yes. for breakfast that we put on there. And, of course, the steak, which was delicious. Yes, I bought a, a single. This is a way to, to have something enjoyable and stretch it a little bit. I bought a single grass-fed ribeye steak. Um, and there's a deeper flavor to the grass-fed, a different flavor to the grass-fed stuff. I sliced that super thin, as thin as I could without it just turning into a mess. And then, and this is raw, I did this, and then a heavy sea salt and garlic on it, and then a flash fry on each side in all of those same fats and juices from everything else. So it had bacon fat, it had butter, it had flavor from the mussels and the juices and all of that. Uh, Cooked it in that. And then additionally, that was the same juice. We brought a uh, baguette. Mm Mm-hmm. That was mildly stale, Mm -hmm. as is the case often with those, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Sliced it thin, dipped it in those, just like I talked about making the toast for last night. We did the same methodology with these. Dipped it in that and then set them aside, then got a super hot dry skillet and put them in there to get a toasting on them. And yeah, then just ate all of that with a delightful... Malbec from, where was that one from? Argentina. Argentina, yes. Mm -hmm. That was like a beautiful combination of bitterness and sweetness. Mm -hmm. And then we just ate a very light, snacky lunch. It was delicious. And then for us, as we record, it's actually tomorrow. But today, as you listen, our third feast in the sequence will be a seafood bisque. Seafood bisque day, national celebration. Yes, so, yeah, it's been a lot of good eating around here lately. Why not, right? I know. We've been keeping it pretty simple during the week, and then on the weekends we've really leaned into experimentation and, of course, feasting on Sundays, which is important to us, uh, you know, for the rhythm of the week. And liturgically. Ecumenically, liturgically. Yeah. yeah, liturgically speaking. So I didn't even look. I'm irresponsible. Is there a specific and announced feast day for today? 
You want me to make small talk while you look it up? Please do some Pretend jazz like hands. There's something exciting yep. I'm doing. Everyone that's not listening, watch the video and watch my Is this jazz the 19th? Yes. Okay. Wait, no. Tomorrow's the 19th. Yeah, tomorrow's the 19th is what I mean to say. For the Sunday feast, though, which is the 18th. Oh, no. Nothing particular for today. Okay. And I don't think there's anything particularly big for the 19th. Watch, it'll be like some major feast right. day, and I'll be like, just kidding. You know, there's always a handful of saints that have their feast day. There's enough of them that there are usually several per day. Yeah, not, I don't see anybody leaping off the page at me. So. Fair enough. Okay. Dog, stop snoring. It's not that boring. Oh, but she says it is. She thinks it is. I don't know why they need to snore. They only snore when we're recording. Oh, they snore all night long. Okay. Yes. Well, it felt like it. Now she's chuffing that. <laughs> yes. They're very noisy sleepers. They are. for Especially for as small as they are. Yes. All right. Are you ready to be mega-soded? Almost. Maybe yes. I'll let you pick. Do we want to go into exactly all the mega-picks of the day? Or do you want to talk first a little bit about style and how we dressed today and what we thought of it? Oh, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to lead? Well, mine, I don't feel like I had a particular... Don't undersell what you did. Well, I did pick something that I feel good about, but it does make me realize, okay, the weather's about to turn cold and I don't have really much going for me for church clothes. Okay. Now, many, many people are t that are women are totally fine with wearing pants of some variety to church or whatever your church service is, and that's great. I personally like a dress or a skirt, so I've got... On like, all of us or just you? For me, primarily, okay. if you wanted to do a kilt situation. I thought about it. It's a little breezy. It's a little breezy, and I do, with a kilt, refuse to wear underwear. Of course, as is the custom. Yes. Um, so I chose this black knit dress that I have. It's actually a nursing dress, but I really like the cut of it. And then I did a chambray shirt over the top, but... You like the cut of your own jib. I do. I enjoy the cut of my own jib today. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to make some choices going into cooler weather, and I don't know what to do with that yet. So mine was both a good choice for now, but also like, oh shoot, what am I going to do? An eye opener to yes. things that need to occur. Yes, but okay. you got to wear fresh from the tailor shop. Hey, top to bottom, I was in a good place today. Okay, let's talk about that. I'll, I'll even get dirty and start with the underpants. So let's start with the underpants. Um, I have not given the the final verdict oh, on that's underwears. Oh, right. You haven't done that yet. Right. So I had sampled through... Uh, Mack Weldon and Tommy John. These are the two most recent brands. I've been through many at this point. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that I have found man nirvana in underwear. Dang. There's no lace involved. That may be a selling point to some and a point of hesitation for others. Understand. No judgment here. Mm -hmm. Now, both, so both of those two brands, and I'm sure others as well, but recognized both of these two brands have an offering that is a combination of some type of nylon or similar man-made material and spandex. And in terms of comfort and delightfulness, the two brands in that offering are equal. And I can't remember... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. They have a style name. Each brand, because that's a big part of the experience oh, for yes. them and style names. Yes, yes. I can't remember if it's Air or something like that. They're they're crazy thin. They're incredibly soft. They breathe very well, which is a big deal yes. for undergarments. Yes. Um, I I honestly, in terms of comfort of wear, they are equal. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is. Mac Weldon's offering is about half the price of what Tommy John offers. Mm. And so with all other things equal, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to save a little money. Right. If the Tommy John's, if there was anything about them that was like, oh no, this one thing makes it different. I wouldn't cheat myself mm-hmm. just for a few bucks. Right. You're talking about the first layer of stuff that lives on your, on your skin, on your body, on your actual, on the skin. most sensitive skin of your entire Yes. Life. So, this is, to me, the value of me sharing this is that we are nearing the holidays. Yeah. And if you have a man in your life that you want to treat who's hard to find gifts for, holy moly, this underwear is a game changer. So that's my first layer. I've mentioned recently the discovery of the actual style number of Levi's that fits me Wonderfully, It's an athletic cut with a tapered leg. And for the life of me, I can't remember if it's a 541 or what the actual number is on those. Uh, But if you read descriptions and you see athletic cut tapered leg, that's what it is. They fit wonderfully. They're comfortable. Um, And so I had those on deep, dark denim, which I love. I had those. Um, I'd mentioned last week this, and I'm wearing it for those of you watching the video. I'm still wearing it right now. This Ralph Lauren shirt, button-down shirt that I purchased a year ago that sat in the shelves and all of that because the sleeves were too long. There were It just needed to be tailored. I got it tailored. I got it back last week. I wore it today for the first time. It is a delight. Mm. It's a lighter material, Gorgeous. which is good. And then I bought, believe it or not, Amazon's brand of deconstructed cotton sports coat that is magic. You you need, and I'm not saying this to brag on me, you need just a little bit of shoulder musculature to make a deconstructed suit work because it's absent of padding in the shoulders. Right, yes. Um, But I've got just enough musculature left that I could pull that off. It is comfortable, it, it stretches just a little bit so it moves with you. It's a casual, because it's cotton, it's a casual material that goes very well with jeans or chinos and a, a non-dress shirt. And so I just, I felt very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Everything's tailored to fit right. That's nice. I felt very well put together without feeling formal and stiff. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you looked great and I'm Thank glad you. you felt good. Yeah. And why not wear your best stuff to Sunday Mass? Why not wear it every chance you get? Mass is a great excuse to bring out the good stuff. Yes. Don't worry about bringing out your dead. That's right. Don't bring out your dead for Mass. There's a special funeral Mass. That's a different thing. Well, and we're getting ready to be in November, the month dedicated to praying for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. So there's a connection there. But whenever you say bring out anything, my mind goes to bring out your dead. Yes. As would all of our English listeners. Yes, that's right. Okay, dazzle me with the Megasode details. You're not going to be dazzled because you've heard all of this. I will be dazzled because just speaking to you dazzles me. Well, isn't that romantic? So I wanted to talk a little bit about what I'm learning about the power of maybe. Okay? Okay. Now, this is maybe not something that you... You tend to see things more as black and white. Although, I'm, I'm in flux right now. Okay. My world lives naturally in the realm of somewhere in the middle, which is why my work online for the past over 10 years 
15 years has been preceded with the word sorta. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I have begun, I began learning this years ago about the power of maybe goes back to the Enneagram and in the Enneagram theory, there's a concept called the healing attitudes. So a lot of Enneagram theory is based on the idea that our personalities are shaped by our hardships, our disappointments, our wounds from childhood, which no pressure parents. Yeah. It's fine. We're all damaging our kids at all times. <laughs> hey, if you don't have damage, how could you ever hope to grow? Well, that's true. You and need to see something broken and be motivated to work on it. Exactly. And it does form how we view the world. Even the most uh, wonderful of parents are going to have their own projections of personality and experience and expectation mm-hmm. that form their children. And so in the Enneagram theory, again, there's these healing attitudes and it speaks to the idea of helping to encourage growth where that particular Enneagram type has the most struggle. And each of the healing attitudes begins with the word maybe. And I think this is so important because a lot of times as we are encountering an ingrained, deeply messaged thing that we believe about ourselves and about how the world works, we will be initially very resistant to believing anything outside of that message. And so maybe is a word that gives permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to read a few of these healing attitudes. Here's the ones for Enneagram 5. You can testify to whether or not these speak to you. Now, I you think say, I'm in a box named 5? I know you are, whether you like what? to admit it or not. Disagree. <laughs> I will tell you the first time I read the healing attitudes for type 9, which is my Enneagram type, I was like, nope, that cannot be true. I do not believe that. So fear okay. with. Okay. But these are the healing attitudes for type 5. Maybe I can trust people. Shut up! And let them know what I'm feeling. Mm. Hate it, don't you? Yep. (laughs) Maybe I am more ready than I think. Maybe I would enjoy participating. I'm smugly nodding. (laughs) For those not watching. Okay. Well, here's the ones for uh, Enneagram 9. Wait, wait. Read those again. Okay. I want to live there for a minute. Okay. These are for type 5. The the investigator type. Maybe I can trust people and let them know what I'm feeling. Okay. Can I translate that into different words? Absolutely. And this is for the benefit of other people that are not in the box of five, though other people would try to place you there. (laughs) How very persecuted you are. Maybe... Everybody's not purposefully trying to screw me over. Oh, that's a very solid type five healing attitude for sure. Yes. Good translation. Maybe I am more ready than I think. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't need to do any more pre-work. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And then another one would be maybe I would enjoy participating. Maybe that one sounds like a load of shit. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Um, I'm I'm skeptical and cautious. Yes. And I don't think that's a weakness. No. But there can be times where yeah. I cling to that rather than fully experiencing stuff. In, in every instance, in every one of those statements, I can identify that I would have a proclivity towards caution, weight, let me be better prepared for this so I don't embarrass myself in participation, all of that. So maybe I can just live in the moment and trust that, hey, even if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. maybe maybe's wrong. And in fact, people are trying to screw me over and I did slightly embarrass myself and all of that. But then even in that, maybe everybody's so focused on themselves and their own worries that nobody will remember Mm. That I wasn't as prepared or that I embarrassed myself or that they were jerks or whatever else. And maybe it's okay. That's so good. Look, growth is happening right now. I didn't say I agreed with any of that. (laughs) Just say maybe. These are the type nine healing attitudes. And again, even to this day when I hear some of these, I'm like, no, that, that simply cannot be true. The first one is maybe I can make a difference. 
Of course you can. I hate it. Of course you do. Constantly. It's very hard for me. It's very hard to me. I feel very resistant because I'm just like me. No. Um, another one for nine is maybe I can get energized and be involved. Nines are notably the most low energy of the Enneagram types. Okay. And we struggle with tapping into energy. And certainly we struggle with being involved. We are far more happy to be passive. Okay. Can I point to maybe an encouragement? Please do. So as a married couple, mm -hmm. I think one of the things definitely that we that we appreciate cognitively that sometimes we struggle in practice to really embrace this truth is that each of us in our strengths can compensate for where the other was less willing to say maybe. Okay. And so I put the pressure on you early this morning to say, what do you want for feast today? What do you right. want feast to look like? And you were very reluctant yep. to offer a perspective. And when you finally uttered the vaguest of guidelines, uh -huh. not sure you could trust yourself to say them, but you did. And then allowed me to fill in the gaps for you. Yes. I went in the store. You probably wondered, do I need to call the police? I He's did. been in there forever. It was so long. It was so long. Even the kids were like, is that okay? Yes. Like it, it took a long time. I poured through the selections to create the charcuterie experience that we had. And I would wager that what we had seemed at least to fulfill every desire that you didn't even know that you had. Every bite of it. Yes. So that was just with the most minimal of offering from you, the, the smallest of maybes from you to say, maybe we should have this. Yes. And it manifested in a magnificent way for you. So trust yourself. And I think that we have been partners for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that you understand this. And it's so pivotal for anyone who partners with a nine in any way, whether it's marriage, relationship, friendship, work relationships. A lot of times the nine's instinctual answer of, I don't know and I don't care, like, where do you want to eat today? I don't care, is not a cop-out. We literally genuinely either don't care or we genuinely don't know. Like, it takes a minute for us to... Like, most people I feel like, and I, I don't know because I am a nine, I feel like most people have their desires either, like, ready to be vocalized or it only takes them a minute or two to sort through. Nines have to, like, really, really reconnect with a part of themselves to be like, what do I want to eat? I, I don't know. I could eat anything. Do you think, and I don't know if this is a personality thing or just a, a, a if it's more of a result of nurture rather than nature. Mm -hmm. Do you think that part of this maybe stems from not giving yourself permission to want a thing? Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So in the moment then this morning that you gave yourself ultimately, and I understand because anybody, you ask anybody, what do you want to eat? Their first response is going to be, I, I don't know. I wasn't thinking about that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But once you had a chance to think about it and then were able to even just trust in the smallest sense that what you had to suggest might be worthy and that you might be worthy of having it, mm -hmm. then to see it fulfilled in the way that it was, does that give you any greater confidence going forward? It does. It but does. only if you think about it, right? Only if I think about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I cannot recall. There's only one time in all of our <laughs> relationship with each other that I can recall a time where you picked a thing for us to try. <laughs> and it went over in a very negative way. Anybody who's been a longtime listener of yours yeah. probably already knows that I'm referencing barbecue tuna. <laughs> Which, in fairness, may actually be fine, but not when you're expecting a sloppy Joe. Your mouth is like, these are the flavors that are coming. Get ready. <laughs> and then barbecue tuna hits your throat. You have an automatic gag reflex that just happened. This isn't, it's not a mamwich. What happened? Someone tricked me. My face is flushed. I can't believe after all these years, I still am so embarrassed about that. It's a beautiful moment. 
is it? It really is. But that's the only time, literally, that I can yeah. fathom that what you wanted to try didn't turn out well. And we should never be, man alive, we should never be cautious of something because yeah. we're concerned that it might not turn out well. But we should communicate well with whoever's going to participate in it with us that it's not a, a man which that was a that was the mistake number one even yes. before i made the barbecue tuna was i didn't tell you it was barbecue tuna yes um i think that you know nine's nine's core fear is being cut off and so that's why we don't like confrontation that's why a lot of things and so i do think for a lot of nines the struggle is like if i give the wrong answer if someone's disappointed angry upset whatever by my answer, then they will cut me off. Now, most nines lived experience does not bear that out. Right. Our Other than you and I. Well, I was going to say, our relationship doesn't bear that out. I cut you off. Stop talking. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. The third healing attitude for nine is maybe I am more effective than I realize. Well, no joke. Well, that's very hard to believe too, but... Um, it is with... Literally six humans, which includes me, that only function day to day because of your involvement. I know. Yeah, which is the equivalency of saying, <laughs> okay, but not really. I just see so much that's ineffective. But what I'm trying to say is the power of maybe mm -hmm. allows a person the permission. And if you want to go, if you know your Enneagram type, if you're into Enneagram theory, go search healing attitudes. You'll find the healing attitudes for every type. They're very helpful. That word maybe at the beginning allows space. It creates a space for you to be like, is that, could that be true? I don't feel like that's true, but maybe it could be true. And so I want to extend this even further into another teaching that I heard over the weekend and a real life thing that happened. Okay. You Can I cut you off now? <laughs> you bully. <laughs> you big Enneagram fine bully. <laughs> um, you and I both have heard separately and have talked together about this idea that um, everything's always working out for us. Yeah. Not just me and you, but honestly, as beloved children of God or however spiritually you want to conceptualize that. And this is even based on a scriptural truth, St. Paul talking about um, that everything is always working together for those who love God. Mm -hmm. But in a very real and tangible way, not just like, oh, someday you're going to get to heaven, so don't worry about it. Right. Eventually it all works out in the end. But that in the here and now, everything is always working out yes. for us. That's a difficult concept. If you're like me, I tell myself, I have in the past. When I feel down, when I feel discouraged, when I feel like I'm completely ineffective and inefficient, I have told myself the story, all I do is lose. All I do is just make mistakes. Everything's mm -hmm. falling apart. So this has been a huge paradigm shift for me to possibly give myself permission to think that everything is always working out for me. And, and, and perhaps it's necessary initially to say, Maybe, Maybe everything is always working out for me. Yes. I like the, I really like the concept of this all the way back to how you began this, because when you believe something, you've, you've built your life around mm -hmm. believing it. And for that to be challenged means there could potentially be many parts of my life that are now no longer stable. If right. this isn't true. Yes. So it's a soft way to look and say, maybe... Maybe there's something truer, not that this is wrong, but maybe there's something truer than this that would provide even greater stability yet as a foundation to this wobbly house of cards that I'm living in. Absolutely. Yes. So Saturday morning, I heard a teaching that was talking about what to do with negative emotions. And even though I do know my sort of public brand and my actual work with Sorta Awesome, is very positivity centered. You know, from living with me that I'm very prone to attaching myself to negative responses to things that are happening. Again, some really deeply embedded messages. Like being interrupted. <laughs> some very deeply embedded beliefs for myself that all I do is mess things up. Okay. And so in this teaching, the teacher was saying, that you cannot just snap your brain from thinking, oh my gosh, this is terrible, this is a disaster, what's going to happen, to, oh, hey, look, everything's great. That that's, your brain is too smart for that. Right. Your brain is going to be like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Shut that down. Everything's terrible. The world is in flames. 
And so this teacher was saying, it's a gradual process. All you have to do is start with those maybe statements of like, maybe it's not as bad as it seems. Maybe I don't have to think about this right now. Like the person who, like this was like in the context of a coaching situation. Mm -hmm. And the person was kind of talking about the bigger problems of the economy, not their own personal bank balance, but the bigger economy falling apart. And so the teacher, the coach was saying like, you know, like maybe you don't have to think about this right now. Um, and so just kind of letting you go down the path of like, maybe things could still work out in that you can allow your brain that space to move into like, maybe this isn't the disaster I think it is. And then from that middle place, then you can begin to do some self-talk to where it's like, actually, you know what? This is going to work out fine, mm-hmm. whatever the thing mm-hmm. is. Okay. So here's a practical, tangible thing. You know, this happened. I'm going to tell it again. Nico had gotten into my purse, my fault. I take ownership of this. I left it on the sofa table. He got into my wallet and got out all of my cards that are in there as toddlers are prone to do. Yes. They go straight for them. They don't care if you give them a toy wallet, a play wallet with old cards. They know these cards are inactive. They're inspired, Mother. What am I supposed to do with this? This went out of Efficacy before I was born, you liar. Exactly. They know where the good cards are. So Nico had gotten into my wallet, and of all of the things in my wallet he lost, he lost my license, my Sam's card, which gets a lot of use, and my actual debit card for our main checking account. Everything else was in there. This was, I discovered this about 45 minutes before our dinner guest was supposed to arrive in uh, in the living room where he had lost the cards. There were big bags of trash that needed to go out to the dumpsters. And I was, I started to freak out because that trash needed to go out, but Nico loves to put things in the trash. Can't find the cards. I go into like, it's, it's a creeping panic. At first I'm a little annoyed, but the tension is building. And it's visible. Yes. I mean, the kids could visibly see. Yes. I could, I, it was palpable. I could sense it across the house (laughs) just by the sound of your voice, not even hearing what words you were saying. It was like, someone has a puckered butt. (laughs) It's true. I got all of our children. Nico was sitting in his high chair where I had stationed him so he couldn't destroy anything else. I got the four older children. I was begging. I was bribing them. Whoever finds my cards gets a treat, gets to go to Target, pick out a thing, gets money. I mean, we were full force trying to find mom's cards that were lost. About 10 minutes. And in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm desperately trying in my mind to think, Everything is always working out for me. Everything's always working out for me. Like I'm in that panic mode of like, mm-hmm. how could possibly anything work out from this? Eventually, though, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe this isn't the end of the world. Like maybe I get a new driver's license. I hate the picture I have on there right now. So maybe I get a new license. Maybe I replace that Sam's card that's wearing a little thin. I know it's not a big deal to replace our bank card. I've done it before. Maybe this isn't the big deal that I think it is. So after 10 minutes of fruitless searching, I set the kids loose. I'm like, we got to get ready for our guest. who's going to be here shortly. Go finish doing the thing you were supposed to be doing. So I go about finishing cleaning up. I go ahead and bathe and get dressed, put my makeup on all the time thinking, you know, maybe everything's going to work out with this. What, five minutes before our dinner guest gets here, somehow, some way, a couch cushion that I could swear was searched under gets peeled back and there's my cards. And in that situation, it all actually did work out with very little inconvenience. Just a little bit of freak out time. And then it's almost like you didn't have to go find the cards. They found you even. Exactly. And they found me because I created space in my spirit to be like, you know what? Maybe this is going to be okay. Maybe everything actually could still work out. And once I genuinely aligned my spirit, because when this coach was talking about the fact that basically when we get all hyped up on our negative emotions, it's because we're out of alignment with how, what this coach might call our inner being. I tend to think of it, how the Holy Spirit within us views a thing like the Holy Spirit was absolutely not freaked out that I yeah. lost my cards. Yeah. Not only did he know exactly where they were, he also knew like in the grand scheme of things, this is an inconvenience at most. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. So once I brought myself back into alignment with how the Holy Spirit would view me losing my bank card and my license, I was able to not just artificially, but to genuinely 
move back into alignment with that. And then I was like, okay, all right, just going to go on with my day and get ready and look forward to this dinner. And, and then at that point, the cards turned up. Maybe that will help me find my missing diamond scent earring that's been missing for like two years. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about that. I, it has been so powerful to me to really find tangible application for these things that have sort of been swirling around my brain that I, some things I've been knowing were true, some things I'm daring to believe are true, mm -hmm. and that contextualizing it with the concept that like maybe this is right has given me so much permission to move forward with some of this new view on the world. Yeah. Awesome. Not even just sort of. Thank you. Completely. All right. All right. We've not scripted, noted, provided an outline. Do you have anything for the world section I, of things? I have one listen. Okay. So there's nothing to watch. You do you have anything to watch? You're still watching the 100? Uh, no, I finished the 100. Oh, oh, that's right. You're watching the scary, the spooky. Yeah. What's the name of that? The Haunting of Something Manor. Blythe Manor. Blythe Manor. It's, it's top of the... It's top ranks on Netflix. Whatever that means, we don't know. But it is highly ranked. And it's interesting. It's not... It's not in the vein of things I would typically watch. Um, and so I'm still very much uh, toe in the water testing it mm -hmm. for my own personal enjoyment. But I do think, whether I end up enjoying it or not, I do think it's well written, well acted. It's an interesting storyline. Uh, I could see a lot of people enjoying this. Yeah. So good. It, I think it does warrant its high rating. If people are looking desperately for something to watch, it's worth a try. All right. So far. Now, I will always now throw out this caveat after my last experience with Ratchet mm. that uh, I've only seen a little bit of it. And if things get promiscuously racy and all of that later, I didn't know when I said try it. I'm yes. not trying to lead everyone down the perverted path. Okay. Good to know. So, that. Reading. I don't think we have anything new. No, I don't. I do. I haven't started them, so I'll save that for another time. Okay. Uh, listening. Here's what I wanted to make note of. Um, there's a very wildly popular podcast called You're Wrong About. Okay. It's hosted by two people, Mike and Sarah. They're both journalists in varying degrees of uh, what that means. But every week they take up a topic and dig in, do a deep dive. And a lot of times they uncover things that, like, literally our, our cultural grand under, understanding of it is wrong. Okay. Um, I was looking for something to listen to over the weekend. I discovered that they are doing a series right now on Princess Diana. Oh. It started back at the beginning, well, actually at the end of September. So there are three parts in. I've only listened to the first part. But uh, it's deep dive into her life. So the first part talking about her growing up years, her family context, um, the courtship between her and Prince Charles. Part two is about their wedding. And then part three is about the affairs. So I can only imagine that it will go on to a fourth part. Um, again, the podcast is called You're Wrong About. It's it's both funny, but also actual true facts of, okay. of what has, was going on. Uh, I've never listened to You're Wrong About before, but I, again, I know it's really popular. But I do love the story of Princess Diana. I admire her very much as a woman and what she was able to accomplish in her life. So it's been a fascinating listen so far. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. That leads lifestyle, which we kind of already did with yeah. talking about some wardrobe things as and well as the food. feasting. Yeah. Yes. So maybe just a good lifestyle ender is be bold today. Go buy a few ingredients and take a swing at a bisque. Yes, I agree. I like it. All right. Well, if there's nothing more... Have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. The word, maybe, might seem to lack strength. In practice, however, it opens to the doors to a freedom that might not be available to an absolute yes or absolute no. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.